Sarah, I started a Substack last spring, just kind of as an experiment, and it turns out I love it. I'm treating it kind of like an old school blog, writing about things that are happening in my life. Megan, I've loved following your stuff on Substack, and I actually just really like Substack in general. You know, we've both been a lot less active on Instagram lately, and I'm finding that Substack scratches that itch to connect and create without all the busyness of a typical social media feed. So I would love it if Mom Hour listeners wanted to look me up there. I'm at meganfrancis.substack.com, and that's Megan with two A's, M-E-A-G-A-N francis.substack.com. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Megan. We're two moms with eight kids between us, from little to grown. We're in different areas of the country and in different stages of life. But we both know that motherhood's a lot easier when real moms share tips and encouragement. And remind you that it's really all going to be okay. We're not experts. We're parents who've been there. We're not perfect. We're real. Welcome to the Mom Hour. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Mom Hour. I am Sarah Powers, and I am joined right now by Megan Francis. Hey, Megan. Hello. How are you doing, Sarah? I'm good. It's March 1st. So rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. (laughs) Do you say that on the first of a new month? No, I I did when I was a kid for like a month. Then I forgot to ever do it again. Yeah, my husband grew up doing it, and so my kids do it. So I didn't grow up doing that, and then I didn't find out. So rabbit, rabbit, to those who rabbit and rabbit. Um, Happy March. We have a great interview today, so... Um, Megan, I've brought you here to chit chat a little bit, but then we're going to um, play my conversation with Karen Walrand here in just a bit. And Karen was such a fun guest. You actually have known Karen longer than I have. I so say. I w- I read Karen's blog before she adopted Alex, like going wow. way, way, way back. To, okay. Like She was like OG blogger, but she was so OG that it was before blogging was even really like a thing yet. It was like, I want to say I read her in 2003 or four. Yeah. It's been a long time. And I'm sure I discovered her circa 2010 because that's kind of when my blog reading like really took off. 2009, yeah. 2010. Um, and so if you guys are not familiar with Karen Walrand, I'll just give you the, the official bio. She's a photographer, an author, a speaker, a podcaster. She's an adoptive mom of one daughter, Alex, you mentioned, Megan, who's now in high school. Um, and actually, that's one of the things we talk about is raising a teenager and also raising an only child because, Megan, we get that request we, sometimes. And, we're like, and we have nothing. <laughs> I'm like, I remember when I had an only child for those 20 months. Yeah. I mean, 21 years ago. You by definition. (laughs) Well, what's interesting is you have talked about getting the looks and the questions and the stigmas around having a large family, starting kids, having, you know, having kids as a young mom. Um, Karen comes from the other side, which is starting a family on the later side of things and Mm -hmm. choosing to have one. And we get into that, but um, we've had listeners also come to that, come to us with that kind of pointing that out that there's, um, you know, some pressure or some expectations yeah. around having an only um, that we can't speak to personally. It turns out no matter what you do, people have opinions. <laughs> they will. So yes. you cannot escape it. You can't. That's such a good point. Um, we also have some really interesting conversations about family culture, which is something you and I kind of talk about, but Karen's perspective is so interesting because literally they're a family of three and all three are from different countries of origin, um, background. Um, and, and she's so intentional about the way they have created family culture in their home and in their lives, drawing from these different backgrounds. Um, her Mm -hmm. husband's British and, 
Yeah, so that was really interesting. And then, um, not to give too much away, but they lost their home in Hurricane Harvey. That is a a spoiler. Um, But we talk about redecorating a home from scratch, which I think is so fascinating, you know, after the the trauma, of course, of Harvey, but then kind of the opportunity of, like, can you imagine if you just, everything was, yes, a blank slate and everything was an intentional choice. If you had a blank slate, but you weren't 22 again. Right, exactly. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And Karen is in her way, very intentional about that too. I mean, that's, she's just, that's something she's great at is yeah. just making really intentionally crafting and curating the world around her. So yes. Yes. She's awesome. So yeah, that's kind of a, an overview of the topics and they're, they're varied and they're all fascinating. So stick around for my conversation with Karen Walrand. Okay, Megan. Well, over here at the Mom Hour, we are big fans of our sponsor, Our Place. In fact, you, me, and our team member, Katie, were all comparing notes on our favorite product. Katie was telling us that even though she's packing up to move her family to a new house, she cannot put that mini perfect pot from Our Place into the boxes yet because she's using it like every night. Well, as someone who also has a perfect pot, I got mine as part of their mini home cook duo set. I get it. It's nonstick, which is key, but it also has all these handy features like a steam release lid with a built-in strainer and this nice beechwood spoon that nests on the handle in this perfect little peg. Okay, well, I didn't get this pot, but now I want it. That sounds so great. Our Place's cookware is great to cook with, beautiful to look at, and healthier for us as well. All of Our Place's products are made without PFAS, also known as Forever Chemicals. In addition to their cookware and tableware, Our Place is also making waves with their Wonder Oven, the most stylish all-in-one air fryer and toaster oven. Again, free from the forever chemicals found in many of those air fryers. Listeners, Our Place offers a 100-day trial with free shipping and returns, and we've got a great deal for you. Go to fromourplace.com and enter the code MOMHOUR at checkout to receive 10% off site-wide. That's from our O-U-R place dot com code mom hour. Sarah, we both know this time of year can be crazy. So this is a great time to get ahead with no prep, no mess meals from our sponsor Factor. I love how these meals are ready to eat and delivered right to your door. I mean, you can't beat that convenience, but most importantly, they're seriously delicious. Yeah, Megan, I agree. Our whole family was impressed with the quality and flavor of Factor meals we tried. And it turned out to be a great option for my teenagers when they got home late from a theater practice or came home from school super hungry. There's zero prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. Factor meals just need to be heated for about two minutes and they're ready to go. Yeah. And for any listeners with wellness goals this month, Factor has six menu preferences to support your lifestyle. Whether you're trying to boost your protein, avoiding meat, or simply focusing on well-balanced meals. And you can pause or reschedule deliveries to fit your lifestyle. Make today the day you kickstart a new healthy routine. Head to factormeals.com slash momhour50 and use code momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code momhour50 at factormeals.com slash momhour50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Hey, Karen, welcome to the Mom Hour. Oh, what's up? I'm so excited to be here. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. This is so fun to talk to a fellow podcaster and someone I've gotten to know, but less around the mom stuff. So I'm really excited for our conversation. I know. It's so funny. You know, when your kid gets older, you talk less and less in public about about parenting. So this is actually going to be really fun for me. I haven't done this for a while. Oh, good. I'm, I'm really excited. So we have lots of 
lots of different topics to get to today, but I want to start with one that um, we actually get quite a few listener questions about, and that is raising an only child. So you and your husband have an only child. Why don't, real briefly, why don't you just tell us a little bit about your family who lives in your house, and then we'll go from there. Sure. So um, uh, we are kind of an unusual family in that all three of us are from different countries. So um, I'm originally from Trinidad and Tobago in the Caribbean. Um, And I was working in the UK when I met my husband, Marcus, who is from Cornwall, England. Um, And then we moved to America after we got married and we adopted our daughter here in the United States, Alexis or Alex. I call her Alex, but she goes by Alexis at school. um, Yeah. So um, so we're sort of a multiracial, multinational um, family, the three of us. A little a a threesome. And how old is Alex now? Alex, next weekend, from a weekend after we record this, will be 15. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So so let's start with, only, we have, I mean, there's so many things about your family I love and we're going to dig into, but let's start with the only child thing. And it's, it's hard not to sound kind of like I'm putting you in this box of you have an only child, but we do get <laughs> listeners coming to us saying, you know, you and Megan have all these kids and we've talked a little bit on our show. Megan's talked about kind of the comments and the looks and the pressures mm. and the expectations around having a large family. Mm. Um, and I know from hearing from listeners that, that the, the same exists on the other side of the coin, which is people maybe making comments when you're going to have another one or, or just <laughs> a, passing judgment of any kind on the size of your family. Is that something that you guys went through or have gone through over the years, you know, being an only child family? Yeah, we don't get that so much anymore. I mean, now that she's 15, they kind of would go, hmm, I guess you're done. (laughs) Um, But um, yeah, you know, it's so funny. We, when Marcus and I got married, we had intended not to have children at all. Okay. Um, Not for any other reason than just, you know, I mean, we loved kids, but it wasn't really going to be a priority of ours. And uh, I remember we had gone back to the UK um, and were after we had both got married and we transferred to the US and gone back to the UK and I watched him with his nieces. And I remember saying, oh my gosh, you, you should be a dad. Like <laughs> you, and literally, and it wasn't even for me. It was like, oh no, you should be a dad. You're really good at this. You should be a dad. Um, and we chose adoption as our first choice to grow our family. It had been something we'd actually even talked about before we got married that, mm-hmm. you know, we're not going to have kids, but if we do have kids, um, adoption would be something that we'd be really interested in. So we came back from that. I think that vacation was on in August and in September we were at the adoption agency and the following September, the adoption was final. Like everything was done. So it was pretty quick. Um, but, uh, you know, yeah, of course at the very beginning we get, Oh, you're going to give her a little brother, you're going to give her a sister kind of thing. Um, we got that a lot. Uh, and basically the way we would respond is, um, no, <laughs> yeah, this is us. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Like not even explain it. Like, no, no, she's not gonna have a brother or sister. We're good. Um, but, uh, and yeah, occasionally sometimes people would do that, but also I will say, uh, we, you know, both Marcus and I were in our mid thirties when we got married. Mm-hmm. Um, by the time Alex came around, you know, I was 36, 37. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it wasn't, I don't know that we would we got it as much as say a family that maybe you know start you know started growing their family right. in their twenties kind right. of thing right? right like I think people were like 
you know, oh, you know, maybe she's trying and can't. Or, you know, <laughs> they have all know? kinds of assumptions, I'm sure. Of other assumptions, yeah. exactly. So we didn't get it too much. Do you feel like as Alex got older, you kind of noticed maybe some some of the benefits or some of the, I don't know, benefits is the wrong word. We're not trying to, yeah. we're not trying to say who wins, like the mom with five sure. kids or the mom with one. But are there some some ways that you have really embraced and loved being a tribe of three. Um, I'm thinking especially, you know, to encourage those out there who do feel like they're maybe not represented as having chosen just to have yeah. one child. Yeah. So uh, the, I can't imagine have being a mom of more than one kid, mm -hmm. honestly. Like I, you know, I always tell friends of mine who have more than one kid, I'm like, you're a superhero because, <laughs> <laughs> because uh, obviously we don't deal with like the fights or the, yeah. you know, kind of thing that, that people, the sibling rivalries and, and that kind of thing that other families with more children would have. Um, you know, on one hand, I, I feel like Alex has always been a little sort of an adult mm -hmm. in our family, right? Like, because all she's ever been, all she's ever hung out with is our adults right. and, um, you know, until she went to school. So I feel like there's a, there's a, something there that may not be there for people mm -hmm. who have more than one kid. Um, but then I also hear friends who have lots of kids who say, oh no, it gets, it's easier when you have more because they entertain themselves yeah. and you don't have to entertain. Uh, you know, yeah, I think that that might be, that might be true. Yeah. Um, the other thing that, and I don't know if this is an only kid thing or not, but the whole separation anxiety around, you know, like when you take your kid to, to preschool for the first right. time and, right. um, I don't remember ever having that with Alex. As a matter of fact, I remember when she was like two, I, at two and a half, I think I took her to preschool and, you know, I talked to the preschool teachers and kind of said, okay, well, should I stay for the first, you know, few hours? And, you know, what should I do? And they said, well, you know, let's play it by ear. And mm -hmm. I dropped her off and literally she walked in, she looked around and she said, bye mom. And oh ran. my gosh. Right. And the teacher looked at me, we both laughed and I was like, all right, I guess I'll see you in a couple hours. Right. And, and just left. So and I don't know if it's because it was such a novelty to have so many uh -huh. other kids around. Mm -hmm. And I think Alex, even though she's a, a quieter kid, she's an extrovert. Like mm -hmm. she really loves being around people. So um, I don't know if it was just sort of the novelty of like, oh, my gosh, there's toys and kids and, you know, this is cool. And I right. don't have that at home. Right. Right. Um, so I don't know if that's an only kid or or just an Alex kid thing. But um but yeah, I, I, you know, it was funny at, at one point, I, you know, I mentioned Alex was adopted and uh, we had an open adoption. So, mm -hmm. which means okay. that, um, that we knew her birth mother, my husband and I were actually there for her birth. Okay. My, my husband cut the cord. Right. Wow. So, um, so we were involved and when Alexis was a year old, we moved to the Caribbean. We moved back to, we moved to Trinidad. Okay. Um, and right at the same time, Alex's birth mother um, was pregnant and contacted us to see if we would be interested in oh, adopting wow. um Alex's birth brother it mm -hmm. ended up being and um and I remember Marcus and I really kind of struggled with it yeah. like we were like do, you know do we owe it to Alex to do this like do we have to do this um and a friend of mine who was an only child but who had a huge family she had like five or six kids um, I remember going to her and going, what do you think? Cause mm -hmm. you kind of have a perspective of right. both. Um, and you know, overall she basically said, she goes, you know what, you need to make the decision, not for Alex, but for you. Mm -hmm. Um, Alex is going to be fine no matter what. Mm -hmm. Um, and so what do you guys want to do? And it yeah. was really sort of like, she gave us permission to go, oh, well, no, we just really want one. Yeah. Like, you know, and yeah. 
Um, and it worked out, it worked out beautifully. It worked out fine. And I, I love that advice so much. We, we also get a lot of people coming to Megan and me with wanting to know if they should have one more. It's not usually the onlys, but it's usually <laughs> right. people going from two to three or three to four and they'll list the pros and cons, you know, on the one hand, you've got, you know, this robust, big family to all be together in the future. On the other hand, you're stretched thin right now with a bunch of little kids. And, um, we just always say like, all of those things are reasons. They're not necessarily a reason. Like they're not necessarily your reason. Like, yes, right. you might need a bigger car. That may be true. Or you might go on fewer vacations, but those are, those are, they're, elements of the they're pieces of the puzzle that none of them are like the thing that tips the scale I think for most right, people right. for most people it is are we like you said are we, I think we're a one kid family I think we're yeah. I think we're here we're all here that's what we kind of said yeah. when when we felt like we were all here so yeah although you just you just brought something up like what about you know maybe you couldn't <laughs> travel as much that is one thing because travel is huge yeah I would love family. for you to talk about that I mean I know just from observing you on social media that that is big for you and it is easier just with three people it's it, well it's cheaper yeah. <laughs> you know like like because you know they, they as soon as the kid is what like two years old you're pretty much paying for another seat on the plane right, right? like there's right? no such thing as like a, a kid's pass a yeah. right? on, on a flight <laughs> an eight-year-old lap child yeah exactly <laughs> exactly and it's because travel is just such a big deal for us um Every time I buy tickets, I'm like, you know, thank God we just have one because, yeah. you know, if we had, you know, three or four, I'd be like, well, we're grounded. We can't, yep. we can't travel this much. We just wouldn't have had the, the cash. But, well, um, but that we didn't think about that at the time. It, it turned out that way, but we didn't think about it in, when we were making the yeah, decision. And I think it all kind of, it all evens out in the end. Like we have, my kids are friends with some kids who are only kids and they're from my kids perspective it looks amazing. Like they get the whole house to themselves. They right. sit wherever they want in the car. And then from the other, from the only kids perspective, they love coming over to our house. Cause there's a, there's just a lot going on. There's somebody right. to play with at every turn. So in, you know, in the end, it, it there's it maybe pros and cons or there's just different. There's yes, it, it balances. Sure. Um, For so sure. you mentioned travel and that is something that I have just observed being kind of a a core value of your family mm -hmm. and just observing. So I want to talk about this idea of family culture and, and kind of um, developing your immediate family's family culture. Mm -hmm. I think all of our listeners out there are doing that with their families, whether they, whether they know it or not, your yeah. story is, is kind of, um, maybe on the surface more, um, there's more to talk about because like you said, you're three different countries, you're multi, national multiracial mm -hmm. you've got this amazing family and then it still is it's the three of you and you're bringing all of these various backgrounds so has that been something that you've been kind of intentional about over the years like what is what is our family culture the three of us um and maybe just talk about how that's evolved over time yeah so um we've that's such a great question because we haven't you know a lot of it is sort of natural like you know yeah. the fact is that well, my parents live close by and, and so they, my daughter necessarily grows up with a very pretty Trinidadian culture, mm -hmm. right? Um, not just because of me, but because, you know, her grandparents go mm -hmm. by as soon as I, her grandparents are over, I speak in a Trinidadian accent. She learns, you know, phrases yeah. that are Trini. And, um, and so there's, and then of course, a lot of times, like our, if we go on a big trip, it, it usually involves going back to England because mm -hmm. we have to visit, um, my husband's family. Right. So, so some of that is just sort of just the nature of the beast, right? Sure. The nature of us um, being here. But another 
thing that we think that I think about a lot, and I've actually been thinking about it more and more, and I think we're going to talk about it a little bit um, with what happened with us with the storm. But um, but a lot of it is also, you know, I've lived in America now for, gosh, 30 something years, maybe more at this point. Right. Off and Mm -hmm. on for 30 something years. And so there's a lot of me that thinks, okay, well, what is it about being a Trinidadian that I love? And Mm -hmm. what are sort of the values, the the cultural values of being a Trinidadian? And how do I bring that in? And how do I make them, um, make them, uh, you know, alive for Mm -hmm. Alex? Mm -hmm. But then also acknowledging that, you know, she's an American kid. And like, how do we bring in American traditions mm-hmm. to our home that my husband and I didn't grow up with? Right. Um, and how do we do that to make them sort of alive for her and make them so that, that she can, she has that sort of cultural basis to yeah. speak to with, to her friends. So one of the big things that, um, that and uh, to this day, we, Marcus and I still struggle with it is Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. right? Cause we're like, okay, so what's Thanksgiving now? <laughs> like, okay, there's a Turkey and and football like yeah. that's usually that's what people say it's like yeah. okay well there's football and I'm like well neither of us are big football right. fans so right. how do we do that and they're I'm like so what about the thankful part and they're like oh yeah some people say what they're thankful for but it doesn't sound like there's like a you know like there's with Christmas for example like you know you yes. wake up you open the presents yeah. right like there's yeah. sort of a thing and so we're sort of making it up as we go along right like all right, well, I guess we're doing turkey and I guess we're doing stuffing and okay, we're in the South. So I guess that means cornbread dressing instead of, you know, and so we're right. sort of learning it as yeah. well. So there's, there's certain things that are, uh, that, um, that we are, you know, we have to kind of think about, but mostly our, our family values, um, when it comes to culture is mm-hmm. that we not we're not just that we are welcoming of other cultures, but we're curious of other cultures. Yeah. Like this is this is something that we go out of our way to learn about. And so um and that it like you know, again with the travel, like it's yeah. a it's a core value of our family. Mm-hmm. And um Marcus and I had said we want by the time she leaves home at 18 that she has 18 stamps in her passport. Like oh, that's, that's sort awesome. of been our our goal. And we've you know, we've made it. Now I, I will admit that Part of it's cheating because we lived in the Caribbean for a while and it's pretty easy to hop over to an island right. and get another, right. and get another passport, it's just a right? Quick like, trip. Yeah, exactly. So it's sort of easy to do that. But, um, but you know, we've done it and we, we continue to like, oh, this is, this is something that we really want to do because we, we don't want to raise a kid who, when faced with somebody from another culture, yeah. um, does, has any reaction to it other than interested curiosity right and that. interested and, and, and interested and, and and welcoming curiosity and that's that's huge for us for I sure. love I love that um I'm curious what it was like for Alex when she was a little kid and kind of piecing together that like oh maybe my family it like did come together a little bit differently than most of my school friends families did do you remember what that was like like either the conversations or maybe funny cute things that she as she started to kind of understand the her family origins anything that comes to mind yeah well there's uh, there's kind of two things two stories that actually immediately come to mind the first one was i remember when she was little little like she just turned 3 and we were talking about um countries and i remember i was saying i said so um you were born in america so you're american Daddy was born in England, so he's English, and I was born in Trinidad, so I'm Trinidadian. And I remember her looking at me, and she goes, you're not Trinidadian. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not. She goes, 
you're trying to mommy in. And she just laughed and laughed and laughed. Right? It was so cute. <laughs> it was really funny. And she knew what she was saying. Yeah, yeah, she, like, got like, she got, she got it. She got it. Which was really funny. So that was one thing that, that I'll never forget that. And then the other one that was really interesting was um, when she was in kindergarten. So she was a little older, about five. And, um, and I remember her coming home and she said, mom, I feel so sorry for Isabel, her best friend at the time. Okay. And I was like, what's wrong with Isabel? And she goes, Isabel just has one mom. And oh. I said, well, don't you have one mom? <laughs> She's like, no, you know how like I have you and I have a birth mom. She oh, just yeah. has one. Oh. And I was like, well, babe, sometimes that's how it works, right? <laughs> like sometimes the birth mom is the mom, yeah. right? Like that's what yeah. happens sometimes. Yeah. And she's like, but that's so sad, right? <laughs> like I heard just being like, just felt so sorry for poor Isabel for just having one mom. So <laughs> I love that so yeah, much. So, yeah. So I love I love that for her, like, well, sure, that's how it works, right? You have a birth mom right. and the birth mom chooses the parents and Right. Um, you know, because we obviously have talked to her about it forever. Right. right. That's how it happened. And but she just couldn't. She was like, oh, God, those poor people. It was just one. Well, I, <laughs> I do think I mean, it, it, it's so cool that she will leave home with um, not just kind of a curiosity and appreciation for, you know, people of different cultures, but her own culture being so rich and interesting. Um, I meant to ask earlier, but can you remind everybody where Trinidad is just in case sure. our listeners like aren't picturing their global geography? You know, no problem at all. Actually, I find that people sort of know Trinidad a little bit more now than they did like when I first got here. Mm -hmm. So because of people like, like Cardi B's mother, mm -hmm. I think was Trinidadian and Nicki Minaj is a Trini. So there's more people that know, but um, so if you think of the you know, the archipelago of Caribbean islands, right? So you mm -hmm. think of Cuba and there's mm -hmm. like a whole chain of islands that come off of Cuba. Um, Trinidad is the very last one. So okay. it's the one, it's about nine miles off the coast of Venezuela. It's right off the coast of this, of South, um, South America. Okay. You actually can see it from my parents' front porch. When, oh my God. Old house. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, so it's really, really close to Trinidad. It's, it's, um, and it has, its culture is primarily, um, it's a really a unique culture because it's, it's, it, the biggest population is South Asian. Oh, um, after, interesting. After um, the British uh -huh. um, abolished slavery, I mean, okay. there was slave because there was a, there was a sugar industry mm -hmm. there at the time. Um, after they abolished slavery, they started bringing over people from other cultures um, as in, as in, um, indentured servants. So okay. there were East Asians that they brought over, people from China, East mm -hmm. Asia, and then also South Asians, India, Pakistan. Mm -hmm. um, and... And then there were also even like Middle Eastern, like Syrians, Lebanese that, and everybody like started having babies with everybody. So, uh -huh. <laughs> so it's very, very multiracial uh -huh. and also um, like the food and the music you can, like the food is, there's the very African and very Indian um, influences and the music, our music at Christmas time is in Spanish because of Venezuela's oh, right. proximity. Yeah. So there's a lot of multiracial stuff that happens and multicultural stuff that really makes up what Trini culture is. So, so I guess I come by my, my curiosity yeah. about cultures, honestly, because, um, because I'm multiracial, you know, uh -huh. I'm black, I, you know, I, I consider myself black, but my grandmother was Chinese. Like okay. we're, we're very multiracial okay. just in my own blood, blood family. Right. So, um, yeah, so it, uh, yeah, so that's, that's what Trinidad is. It's very cool that we have one of the best carnivals in the world. Um, we're known for the, the steel pan. We invented that, okay. the steel pan that you hear, think yeah. of when you think of the Caribbean that yeah, yeah, was invented yeah. in Trinidad. And 
Oh, I love yeah. it. Well, anytime you post on social media with kind of your island identity, I feel like I learned something and, <laughs> and laugh and you've just got, I don't know. I, I, I love that. About yeah, you. I'm very, I'm a very proud Trini. Yeah, I true. love it. I love it. Um, okay. So I want to transition to talking a little bit about parenting a teenager. Mm. I am not yet doing that thing. My oldest is almost 11. Uh, um, almost there, baby. Yeah, and Megan, <laughs> Megan's like been doing it forever. She's got a 21, a 19, a 15, and a 13 oh, so on our show i know yes and all the, the all boys and then she's got a girl at the end um but wow. so on our show we do touch on parenting teens um i am curious how just as a mom how you have found the teenage years if anything has surprised you and i do think that having being a <laughs> mom of an only is kind of it related to this as well because you don't have a comparison she doesn't no. have you know you're not parenting a tween and a teen together or it is yeah. like you are in the phase whatever you're in you're That's in it. Um, yeah. And so I would love to hear just kind of your thoughts, maybe anything that surprised you or what you thought it was going to be like going in. And now she's almost 15. So you're, you know, you're in it. Yeah. Am I? Am I? <laughs> See, that's, a, that's the thing. That's what's interesting, right? Is like, I feel like, like it's going great. First of all, it's going great. Like I, she is funny and fun and, and like politically aware. Right. And so, Very we, cool. you know, she can, she, first of all, Alex is just a funny kid. Like mm -hmm. that's sort of one of her superpowers is that she's got this very, very dry wit. We we call her Black Daria, right? Because <laughs> she's she's sort of this very, very dry person with this incredible wit. Um, and so it's really fun because she's also pretty like she's pretty aware of you know like what's going on in politics, what's mm -hmm. happening in the world. And so it's fun having conversations with her or her making her sort of wry, humorous mm -hmm. observations about what's going on, which is a lot of fun. What? Um, why I, I said, am I in it? It's sort of like, um, so far so great, yeah. but you know, like everybody else, like you're like, well, I hear it's horrible and right. it's been awesome now. And yeah. I sh should, can I relax yet? Right. Exactly. Right. I will say what, what has, what has surprised me? Uh, surprise. I don't know if, I don't know if surprise is the right word, what I failed to grasp. Mm -hmm. And so I'm, learning now and I should not be as shocked about it is the problems are so much bigger yeah right because you know like I, it's so funny when nowadays I was just talking to a friend of mine who also has teenagers and I was like you know um when young moms like brand new moms are like oh this is so difficult like right. the sleepless night they want you know, they wake me up every you know you know yes. multiple times a yeah. night and I'm like oh honey like that's the easy part when they're waking you up crying. It's yeah. when they're waking you up multiple times a night because you just found out like one of their friends was yeah. like caught with, yes. I don't know, vaping, yeah. vaping dope, which I didn't even know that. I always mm. thought vaping the other day was like nicotine. It wasn't until recently I was like, oh, you can vape other things? Like, <laughs> oh, crap. Yeah. I, you know, like, I didn't realize that. Right. So, you know, or you find out, uh, you know, or, or, you know, you're starting to, you know, right now we're right at the beginning where we're starting to talk about dating and what's that yeah. going to look like. So that kind of thing is really, uh, I didn't expect it. Yeah. I, I, I feel, I don't want to say surprise because I feel like that, like it shouldn't have been a surprise. Right. You know what I mean? Like right. it was like, I should have known that this was all going to come. So, so that's been, and then the other thing recently, um, so she's a freshman mm -hmm. and she got said the other day, to me just as so she was going to bed she goes you realize next year i'm going to be a junior and i said no babe you know you're a freshman <laughs> and she goes no because this fall i'll be a sophomore which means fall next year i'll be a junior oh yeah and i was like 
oh my God, like <laughs> we're running out of time. Like oh, I got, yeah. oh, you know, like all of a sudden yeah. it's like, oh, college, right? Like that's, that's right there. Even though she just started her first year of high school. Right. Now I'm like, oh, that's how fast it's going to go. Yeah. Okay. You know, um, so that's really interesting. Also just kind of figuring out what turns her on as far as like subjects. Like, yeah. is she an artist? Is she an engineer? Is yeah. she a writer? And just sort of like watching her figure that out that's that's the best part that is like the best part of of, of parenting a teenager and sort I, of yeah and watching I, I want to ask about that because we actually recently did a couple of episodes on this you know the the quote-unquote helicopter parenting and then the mm. quote-unquote other end of the spectrum which we kind of broke that down and decided we don't like the it's not really a binary thing anyway right but there is this dance of you know, encouraging your kids' talents and and sort of supporting them and being there as they figure out who they are. And then there's this other part of literally just kind of stepping back and watching it happen. Have you yeah. found yourself like, like, it, has that been an, a natural balance for you? Or do you lean more, you know, uh, controlling is not the right word, but lean more involved or, or more um, stepped back just yeah. naturally? So I would say that I'm a pretty um I probably I'm sure there's people there are parents that are far more laid back about it than I am mm -hmm. let's let me just say that but um like for example I I really don't care what she studies mm -hmm. um but I do care that she studies something after high school okay yeah right so um it doesn't necessarily have to be university mm -hmm. like if she wants to go to culinary school or something like right. that like I mean she doesn't but if that were something she wanted but right um but I am pretty strong that you need something more than a high school diploma mm -hmm. to move to move in the world mm -hmm. right especially you're you're a black woman right like mm -hmm. you need to have it um but i'm less concerned whereas my father strongly moved me toward engineering right okay, like i right. have an engineering degree because my father wanted me to have right. an engineering degree let's let's be very clear yeah. about that so um so it's less about that what i think is interesting and this is something that i I feel like my bias is that it's because she was adopted mm -hmm. um, is I have no I have no genetic ego involved with her. Right. Interesting. Right? So I, ca I can't look at her. And when she, I say, wow, she's an amazing writer, she gets that from me. Right. Or, right. You know, it's not like, you know, like yeah. <laughs> I don't it's not my thing. And so that's been really interesting. And also, I think like. Like she is a very gifted musician, right? She plays guitar mm -hmm. and she's very good at, I don't play it. Nobody in our family plays guitar, but her, but she's a very gifted um, musician. And I think, well, both her father and I are very into music. And so we could see that in her and cultivate it. What if there's something that she also has that she's just gifted at that because of who right. her father and I are, right. we're not seeing it. Right. You, you know what I mean? Right. Like, and had she had different parents would she'd be brilliant at something else right. that we'll never, you know, yeah. so it's, so I, that part of it has been really interesting to kind of watch and yeah. go, okay, what can I support here? And gosh, is there anything I'm missing about, about her gift? Yeah. That, 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 some, that another parent might've, might've seen. Yeah. And that, I mean, I think that at, in the end, not to get into the helicoptering thing too much, yeah. but most of it comes from a place of not wanting our kids to miss out on an opportunity. And I think yeah. for a lot of people, it comes from a, a, a good place or a place of wanting to make sure that we, like you said, like that we untap every potential source of greatness. Yeah. But of course, then what that turns into is a lot of pressure for kids and, and yeah. all that. So that's, that's a whole other conversation, but that was fascinating to hear how that's yeah. working for you guys. <laughs> 
Sarah. Our sponsor, Haya Health, makes a kid's daily multivitamin that parents can feel great about giving their kids because they have no added sugars or dyes. And our kids who have tried Haya Vitamins have loved them, which is important, right? Because what good is a bottle of vitamins that your kid won't take? Haya was founded by two dads who didn't like the ingredients label on some of the popular children's vitamins they were seeing on store shelves. So they got to work developing a formula that would help fill the most common nutrient gaps in modern kids' diets. Haya's Chewable Kids Vitamin is made with a blend of 12 organic fruits and vegetables and then supercharged with 15 essential vitamins and minerals. They're also vegan, dairy-free, allergy-free, gelatin-free, and nut-free. Haya manufactures their vitamins right here in the USA with globally sourced ingredients, and then they ship their chewable vitamins directly to your door on a pediatrician-recommended schedule. We've worked out a special deal with Haya for their best-selling children's vitamin. You're going to get 50% off your first order. To claim this deal, go to HayaHealth.com slash MomHour. This deal is not available on their regular website. Go to H-I-Y-A-H-E-A-L-T-H.com slash MomHour and get your kids the full body nourishment they need to grow into healthy adults. Okay, Megan, like many of our listeners, I'm sure I've been doing some spring cleaning in my closet lately, and it always feels so good to get rid of clothes I'm not wearing, things that don't fit or that aren't my style anymore. But you know what I realized? All of my Vionic shoes are always in the keep pile. They just tick all the boxes. They're cute, comfy, high quality. They last forever. And I love growing my Vionic collection, especially with the latest styles from their Vionic Vitals collection. The Vionic Vitals collection offers daily wear styles designed for elegance, comfort, and versatility. We both love the Uptown Loafer, which collapses flat, so it's perfect for travel. The Chardonnay Heeled Sandal, which I know you love, Sarah. The Walk 23 Classic Sneaker, which our team member Katie gets compliments on all the time. And the Willa Slip-On Flat, one of my favorites, which comes in 12 colors for any outfit. Yeah, I need to uh, get the Willa Slip-On Flat. That's next on my list. Well, listeners, if you're ready to try the shoes we're always raving about, use code THEMOMHOUR15 at checkout for 15% off your entire order at bionicshoes.com when you log into your account. That's one-time use only. Bionic Shoes, wearable well-being for your feet. Okay, we are back. I'm here with Karen Walren, and we are going to really switch gears from mothering okay. a teenager. Yeah. Um, Karen, you guys, I have not really teased this much to our listeners, but you guys went through a pretty unthinkable thing with Hurricane Harvey <laughs> back in 2017? 2017. 2017. Yeah. So why don't you just... August 20, 28, 2017. Yes, to be exact. So um, why don't you just, you know, tell us what happened? Yeah. So um, Hurricane, so we live in Houston, mm -hmm. um, Texas, and uh, and Hurricane Harvey, As if you watched the news at all, you know that it was pretty devastating in our part of the world. What was really interesting and something that whenever I've given the opportunity um, to, to talk about Harvey is I like to remind people that Harvey didn't hit Houston, right? Because right. a lot of people are like, why didn't you guys leave? What the hell? Like, you know, why wouldn't you have left? So Harvey actually hit 200 miles south of Houston. It hit mm -hmm. Corpus Christi. And, you know, those of us who live on the coast, we're pretty hardy folk. And mm -hmm. we know, we, you know, we, um, and we're also, you know, that we've had hurricanes, right? So we kind of are pretty good, or yep. at least so we thought, about measuring when, you know, it's, we got to go or not. And we, right. Hurricane Ike, who was, uh, who land, made landfall. I think about 10 years earlier. Okay. Um, that one, we left town. It was like, okay, that's, and I think it was a much smaller, like, uh -huh. I think it was like a, a, 
I think it was three or four. I don't know. Don't quote me on that. But I can't remember what category it was. But it was coming to Houston. And we're like, we're not sticking around. We're out of here. Like, mm-hmm. let's go. The other thing is Houston generally floods, right? Houston is sort of built for flooding. We okay. flood all the time. We have a hard, you know, we have a, a, a you know, a, a bad enough thunderstorm. The streets flood. Right. But um, the drainage is generally amazing. And, uh, you know, the streets might flood. But unless you really live in a flood zone, you know, you kind of, you know, if there's a storm coming, you get some food for a couple of days because right. the streets might be impassable. But your house is generally okay. Yeah. Harvey was unprecedented. We had like literally a year's worth of rainfall in a day. Like it was oh gosh. insane. And so we didn't leave. We knew it was going to be making landfall uh south of us we Mm -hmm. knew there was going to be a flooding event but our neighborhood had never in its 50-year history and in 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 houston 50-year neighborhood is an old neighborhood right so um and its 50-year history had never flooded before so we went out and got foods and stuff like that and also we weren't worried about wind or right you weren't going to be in the actual because we're not in the eye right Right. so we weren't in the eye um so the hurricane made landfall in in at Corpus Christi, Port Aransas, sort of south of us. And then it turned and it started coming back toward the coast again and sort of going north and back toward the coast. And that's when all hell broke loose. So uh, we uh, got, we woke up uh, the morning, I think it was the 28th, um, and uh, two tornado um, warnings on our phones. Our phones had all gone right, off saying, right. you know. And so we were going to take shelter, weren't really worried about it. Um, but, you know, because it wasn't that, like it wasn't storming outside. So we heard it we kind of, you know, listened and there weren't thunderstorms. So we're like, all right, we'll just go take shelter, whatever, but until it's all clear. So we went in our, our hallway, but my husband, who is English and is not used to storms and thinks all of it is incredibly <laughs> fascinating, like went to the front door to see if he could see the tornado. Um, and instead saw water six inches from our front door, um, oh, gosh. our house that had never flooded. And so he was like, Karen, we got to, you know, let's go. We got to move. Um, and then our neighbors across the street were already getting water in their house. And, um, so we started lifting things. It was the Sunday before school was supposed to start. And okay. so I, uh, I told my daughter, I'm like, I th- we may have to evacuate, go pack your bag, just put everything we bought, all your back to school clothes, yeah. <laughs> like in, you know, in this thing. Cause I was like, that's easy. Get some underwear, back to school clothes and, and we'll get going right. thinking, okay, we'll evacuate and, yeah. you know, maybe have to stay with my parents for a day or two and right. then be back in the house. Um, it, well, long story short, obviously the, the flood came in and then because the reservoirs north of us uh, were, the dams were in danger of breaking mm-hmm. and had they broken, there would have been like catastrophic deaths. Mm-hmm. The uh, Corps of Engineers decided to start releasing the water to oh slow release. And we live on the route where that yeah. would have been released. And so we ended up with two feet of water um, and it stayed because for two weeks. Oh my so gosh. we were out of our house for two weeks. Um, by the time we got back in the house, we pretty much lost everything. Because um, of the, the, the standing water. So then foundation right. and uh, I mean, uh, the, the, the foundation yeah. was done. Everything had, like our dining, dining room was sinking. Um, all of our clothes, because we had a one story house. Yeah. And so all of our bedrooms, like any clothes that anything were touching the, f- I mean, anything. Yeah. So that was, that was pretty gross. We saved art. Yeah. I, I remember you posting about that. So anything hung on the wall was relatively safe. What about things on like a bookshelf? Safe. Like what about on a higher high shelf? books? High, high books were gosh. safe. Yeah. If you're, no, and it was like, like what the was Titanic. <laughs> I'm not, I don't mean to laugh, but it's like, <laughs> what? No, it was really, it was the, funny. And the other thing that was really weird was our air conditioner. We never lost power. 
And so my husband wisely had turned the air down in our house to 55 degrees because oh. we were afraid of mold, right? right. That's, that's the big thing that you're worried right. about. Right. So for like days, he would come back to check on the house and wait in. And like, as soon as he opened the front door, like the temperature around his feet, you know, his legs as he waited, it would like drop 20 degrees from outside. So because, but we, because of that, like we had like all of the art, you know, which is on canvas and right. fabric, like no mold grew. And, um, but, you know, also our clothes, we were a little concerned about. So we just didn't risk it. All yeah. of our shoes were gone. So you basically bed. lost everything but some art. I mean, I mean, the house was, yes. The, yes. you lost yes. your home and everything yes. in it, save a few art pieces. Uh, art pieces and uh, like two tables, uh, you know, mattresses. Mattresses, by the way, are just giant sponges. That was yeah. disgusting. <laughs> oh, right. So, but all appliances, everything yeah. else was gone, 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 gone. And at what point did you, I mean, I have followed along with this as you've gone through it, but at what yeah. point did you know right away, we're going to rebuild, we're going to do this again, right here. This is our, this is our lot. Um, or was yeah. there thought of like, we're moving to Portland or like, I mean, like, was, <laughs> yeah. or was it always like, no, this is where we live. We're going to rebuild. Well, we weren't, there was never a thought that we'd leave Houston right. for sure. Right. I mean, my husband's job is here. Yeah. Like, like that wasn't ever, you know, it's not like we lost our job with the, the hurricane. Right. So like we, we knew we were staying. Um, the question was whether we were going to just try to sell the lot, which we actually had bought. We bought our, our lot below current market value. Okay. Right. So we knew that even if we sold the lot, we were going to be okay. Right. Mm -hmm. Like we weren't, mm -hmm. we wouldn't be able, we wouldn't sell it at a loss or, and move like farther out of town. Mm -hmm. Um, because we couldn't afford to, or so we thought, build in our neighborhood mm -hmm. or bite the bullet and figure out how to rebuild on our lot because our, our, our it's in a really desirable neighborhood, mm -hmm. right? And also, um, we, we knew that if we could build, if we could afford to build, we would, it would end up being financially um, a financially good thing because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm so conservative with money as right. it is anyway. Um, that, uh, a lot of people were buying, a lot of people were buying houses in our neighborhood and right. raising the old houses and putting right. up new ones. So right. it's like, do we allow us to, to join that bandwagon? Right. Um, and by the way, we had no flood insurance. So would it have covered it? I know sometimes in floods, uh, my parents live in Montecito where there was the big mudslides last year. And I know Flood insurance is so tricky because even when you have it, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah, it's not covered. Uh, flood insurance would have covered it. Okay, yes, it would. for sure. Yeah, our our homeowners insurance didn't. Like you had to get right. flood insurance right. separate. So our homeowners insurance wouldn't and didn't. Um, but the flood insurance, yeah, we would. It would have been. It would have been nice. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to have to have been able to do that. Um, but yeah, so we knew that whatever we did, we were gonna have to take out another mortgage. You know, like we were gonna have to go into deep debt um, to do it. But um, we decided like, well, you know what, we priced it all out. We thought, yeah, I think we can handle this. So um, it may mean that we can't take the fabulous, you know, travel that we've right. been doing this, <laughs> like before. This will be but, the adventure this year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And all, and maybe going forward, right? Because our yeah. mortgage payment was yeah. going to go up. Um, and also it meant, you know, like, like, you know, it just affected everything. If yeah. How are we planning for college, yeah. you know, for yeah. Alex and stuff like that. So it affected everything. But in the end, we thought, you know, in the long run, it was smarter to do it, especially in a neighborhood that really didn't flood. And as far as everybody was concerned, this was a freak thing that happened. Right. Now right. we can get into climate change and right. decide whether right. or not this really is a freak <laughs> thing, but, but it was just so, yeah. you know, unprecedented. So, yeah. um, yeah, so we stayed, I mean, I, I was pretty adamant that I said, you know, my, my husband, I think would have been 
if I if I had said, yeah, let's do it, we would have sold. Right. But I was like, no, I think we really need to explore whether or not we can stay. And it, and it worked out being a, the right decision. And so spoiler alert, you are currently recording as we speak in a brand new home on the brand lot home. where yeah, you we... lost your home. And that's been it's been a year and a half, right? Just yep. about exactly. It, it, it has been. It, we got in uh, about two, three months ago, almost three months ago. The house we had, so we had 23 inches of water in our house. Our house is built 24 inches higher <laughs> than the original one. And we have a second story now. Yeah, like, got- so we can move things up if yeah. we need to. Yeah. Um, but yes, we are, we are in the house. Thank God. Yes. Well, I mean, obviously it's a powerful story. I think where I, where I want to go from here is you, you know, you're a creative person. You mm-hmm. um, love art and travel and you got this opportunity, shall we say, Mm -hmm. to start to create a home from scratch when you didn't think that was the plan. I mean, you were right. um, I'm curious, as you think about kind of your home, the place where the three of you live, the physical environment, were there things that you other than like, let's put an upstairs and let's raise this baby up 24 inches. But besides that, were there um, more kind of emotional or other elements that you wanted to bring in, given this opportunity, you didn't think you were going to be redecorating or redesigning a home yeah. at this stage in your life. I'm curious if, if what that process was like. Yeah. So the first thing that was, um, that was really important to us is, you know, at this point, I mean, I'm in my early fifties, right? So, um, we know that we're going to have to sell this house, mm-hmm. right? Like where I'm not, I do not plan on paying a mortgage till I'm 80 years old. Right. right? So at some point we're going to have to sell it, which meant that there were certain decisions about the house that we were like, what will sell five, yeah. 10 years from now, um, as opposed to, Oh, let's build our dream house. Sure. Right. Like that's a hundred percent us. Um, so that was one thing that we had to think about. Like, you know, we don't, you know, we, we want it to be the right size for us, but also we want it to be the right size for the neighborhood, sure. right? As people sure. do. And so we're like, how do you balance that? Yeah. Or um, should I go with the cool tile that's really, you know, funky and awesome that will look completely dated in five years? Or right. do we go with, you know, right. the subway tile that's, you right. know, that's right. pretty classic or whatever. So that there was that. But um, as far as the interior of the house, I mean, it was really, you know, quite a gift because like we're starting from scratch, right? Yeah. Like it's not like this furniture we inherited from so-and-so or, right. you know, from our family member or whatever. And so I was very intentional about how do I want people to feel when they come into our house. Uh-huh. Um, and again, you know, it was literally back to sort of the family value stuff. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, I want people to feel like whenever they enter our home, that no matter what their background is, whatever matter what their story is, they're home. Mm-hmm. They, 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 they have a home here. Um, and so what has resulted is, is a house that looks a little insane, right? Like we have, you know, we have, you know, we bought things on Etsy from different parts of the world. I, you know, I, I've shared recently that, uh, I recently did my 23 and me. Okay. Yes. I remember um, you saying this and being like, you know, I mean, I'm black, but you know, being descended of the enslaved, what does that mean? Like mm-hmm. Africa is a big continent. Yeah. But recently we, we found out, you know, like, oh, I'm mostly Nigerian and Senegalese and Congolese. And what does that look like? And what does the art from these places look like? Yes. You know, and, and how do we do that? And my daughter, who was adopted, I mean, we what we know now, I actually we're, um, we're awaiting her results. I was going to see if you did that. Yeah, we just did it. But what we did know was like her birth mother is Mexican-American and her birth father was Afro-Colombian. And okay. so well, how do we get Colombian? You know, it, yeah. it, 
my parents who travel a lot, my mother, they downsized during this time. And my mother had this Colombian art. And I was like, that's coming with me. Right? <laughs> no, that's part of our story now. <laughs> exactly. That's yeah. going to be. So like, so how do we, you know, bring that in? And, um, you know, and my husband is English and Irish. And what does that look like? And if we put, put that into our um, and home. And so we definitely were like, if you come in our house, one of the rooms, Marcus and I laugh because you can look at the art and the furnishings and I think count 14 different countries that are well in I that have one seen room. some pictures I have not been in your house although right. I will stop by if I'm in the neighborhood <laughs> please but, do um but I have seen pictures and I love I mean I that's it's, actually a look that I love is this um co- a, a collected look a collected yeah. and a curated look it's not like it doesn't look like you just had like international like explosion um it's it's thoughtful. well that's kind yeah. <laughs> i think it looks a little insane but <laughs> but i love it and it looks like us right yeah. i mean it, it looks like the multinational multiracial family that we are yeah. and so um so i love it and I, I you know and some of it like it's all the you know the art and the things that were on high shelves like because we had stuff like that but then also like the rugs like etsy is fantastic right mm-hmm, like half of mm-hmm. our, our house i would say is an ode to ikea and etsy and so, I love it. And so you know you could get stuff that are really cool like oh let's let's figure out how that's gonna look so that and that's really been a gift because i don't know when we'll ever have that i hope we never have that opportunity again, right where we have a blank slate right and um and and i'm not i'm i mean i love a a a decorated house. Like I right. love, I have friends who have hired decorators and their homes look really beautiful. But, um, but for me, it feels a little, uh, cool. Like it's mm-hmm. like going to a really beautiful, um, like hotel. Yes, like it's lovely, yes, but there's no sort of connection necessarily right, there. Right. Um, and definitely with our house, you, you're going to ask questions. There's story, a story <laughs> under every coaster. Yeah. How did Alex, um, I mean, obviously there, there was trauma for all of you as, mm. uh, um, with the home rebuild, was she excited about, you know, her room and the new decor or is this kind of like, is she in a phase where it, home is home, home is where mom and dad are. I'm curious how the, how the physical, the new physical space, um, has how she's related to that. So she's, she's great. She's loved it. So uh, one of the things that we did with this house is we, because she's just started high school, Mm -hmm. like we're like, okay, well let's make it a high school room for her. I love that. And so even though she has the smallest room now, again, this is the whole only room, only, only child thing. Right. Right. So we have, we could do this, but, um, she has the smallest room, but we, we put an ensuite bath, shop, oh, bath nice. with her. So, and, and we real and there's also a, like a little office area. So oh, it's actually really kind cool. of a little suite. Yeah, for her. I love um, that. The office area is actually open to the rest of the house, sort okay. of, but I, we hung like beaded curtain uh-huh. <laughs> so that it made it more private for her. Um, and then what was really funny was she, uh, she loves like home decor, like the HGTV stuff. Yeah, like, yes. Like that kind of stuff. I yeah. mean, we don't really watch television here, but like on YouTube, yes. she loves those kind of things. And so she was like, I want it to be like a home makeover. Uh-huh. So she gave me her a Pinterest board and she was I like, this is kind it. of what I want. I want to be surprised, which is insane. Right. I was like, thank God, because now I don't have to fight with her. Like, so I had an inspiration board for her, for her room. And uh-huh. then I got to put it together. And so it was sort of unveiled, right? Like with her, like she, I didn't tell her what kind of bed I was going to get. And right. um, like I put twinkle lights everywhere and, you know, and I didn't tell her any of that um, until we started putting together her room. And I was like, oh, you know, I got these lights and we can put these up. And um, I got some framed art for her. And um, 
for her house. So that, you know, that were musicians and, yeah. you know, things like that. So she's loving it. Like it that feels is... like a high school thing for her. So she's, And that's she's a, great. just a really cool thing for your relationship too. I mean, she yeah. had the independence to know what she wanted, but yep. you as a mom got to be in that nurturing space where you helped make it happen. I mean, I think it's, yeah. it's kind of a beautiful teenage story, right? Like they, well, they need <laughs> us, they need us to furnish their rooms, but they have their own, it is their own space. Well, I will say that sounds very sweet and it makes it sound very more Madonna and child than it was. I was just happy that I was not going to have to, like, I could watch the money, right? Like, right. if it had, if it had been her, like, and like her, like her Pinterest board included a picture of a, a bedroom that had sort of a loft bed and under the bed was a jacuzzi. Like, <laughs> like, okay, first of yeah, all, you're no. on the second floor. And secondly, no, like, of course you're not getting a jacuzzi. What is wrong with you? Right. So, so it was nice to be able to just kind of do like sort of my own thing. And, and there were things like, I think she would have loved to have had that. I was like, yeah, that budget was never going to happen. Right. But, um, but still like I was able to have some freedom with it. So it worked, it worked out great. And she loves it. And her, and her colors were, were like gray and pale pink, which uh -huh. are a very nice lot calm. Like it's yeah. there's nothing offensive about that right. color. If so, it was easy for us. It doesn't look like any of the rest of the house because the house, as I you know, it looks like a global bazaar right. explosion, right? That's but so funny. Um, hers is the calm oasis in the room. But it, it worked. It worked out really well. That's really cool. I love it. <laughs> Um, well, before we wrap, I want to talk about your podcast, Make Light, and yeah. also how that relates to the work that you do now as a coach. But yeah. let's, um, in case listeners aren't familiar with Make Light, let's start with the podcast. Tell everybody um, what it is now and maybe how it's evolved a little bit. And then we'll also talk about, you know, the work that you do outside the podcast. Yeah. So the podcast originally was sort of like just, well, first of all, Make Light is sort of my, like, like a mantra that I yes, have. And it's explain a really that sort phrase. Of, yeah. yeah. It's sort of about, um, about how we, we move in the world and how, um, you know, that how we can not, not only like try to create good around us and to get, create good for the world, but also how, when we're faced with difficulty or faced with adversity, um, we can figure out how to make light out of it. Mm -hmm. How do we meet it in a place where we're like, okay, this is hard. But how can we turn it into something that is um, that is of value to us and a, that, um, you know, and I don't want to say spun. The spun is the word that keeps coming right. to mind. I don't want to say spun, right. but I want to be able to, you know, like, for example, for Harvey, for us, I was like, how do we make Harvey end up being, in hindsight, one of the most amazing things that ever happened to yeah. us? And it really was. Like, yeah. there's so, I have so much gratitude around the help people gave us. Mm -hmm. I have... Um, I, I love our city in a way that I never loved it before because I watched how resilient it was yeah. and how we sort of reached out to each other. And so I, there's a way to do that. And mm -hmm. so the, originally this, the, the, um, the podcast started with, let's start talking about people who are doing that yeah. and interviewing people who are doing that and figuring out what sort of lessons can come out of that. Mm -hmm. And so the first few seasons were, were that, um, since then, it's sort of morphed more into how do you do it as part of your work mm -hmm. and and sort of the listener can define what work means. Like it right. could mean like a, you know, a corporate career. It could be um, how you do it as an activist or a philanthropist in your world. Or it could be how you do it in your just your family and your community. Like how do you create a better world using the sphere of influence that you have? Mm -hmm. Um as a coach, I do that. I, I help people do that in their business, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, that's what I do. So there is a, a lot of business that's 
involved with that, but it doesn't have to be that. It can be anything else. And so uh, I still have guests occasionally come on. A lot of it is is mostly me. Mm -hmm. um, and I take listener questions. So people will write in like one that actually uh, will be going up um, in a few days from now uh, has to do with imposter syndrome and how do you Ooh, deal with that. imposter yeah. syndrome and, um, and what are some tips and tricks in order to be able to, you know, to overcome that. But, you know, I've had everything from uh, people who are talking about how do you express your values and what you stand for and how you want to move in the world through the mm -hmm. way you dress yourself. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, it can be anything. It can be um, how do you how do you raise um, kids to be more, you know, more activist? And mm -hmm. how do you have difficult conversations with coworkers if mm -hmm. they don't share your values? Or how do you bring your own values to your work? So it's all sort of related to how do you make light? How do you mm -hmm. create light using your own sphere of um, influence? I love that. And the coaching that you're doing, if I understand it correctly, a lot of your clients are people who've had success or, you know, gotten to a place of leadership or mm -hmm. success in their careers and are not struggling, but looking for that meaning or that purpose. Um, is that kind of how you defined it? Is it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I would say, uh, Yes, I, I'd say that's definitely true for some. For some people, they are people who are entrepreneurs and have started businesses mm -hmm. um, to already make that, you know, or they're, they're brand new at starting a business mm -hmm. and they're figuring out, you know, how do I do that and sort of needing a sounding board as they navigate that. Um, what's really interesting is all of my, uh, my clients are very focused on making the world a better place. And that's um, like... A, that has been by accident, but I love that that's oh, what I love it is. That. Well, and they're so, drawn to you. I mean, there's something in there, right? Like there's a reason why those people have landed with you. I hope so. Yeah. I hope so. And so, we, you know, I have, you know, somebody who owns a gym. I have a priest. I have a surgeon. I have lawyers, right? So it's really interesting. Like the backgrounds are very diverse. Yeah. Um, but they all are, you know, very focused on how do I use the skills and, and, and the talents and the experience and the education that I have to kind of make make the world better and that's i mean that's a, that's a dream job for me right so yeah, that's, that's great yeah. that's amazing and you do yeah. have a background as an engineer and an attorney so i would yeah. imagine that you've got that very process oriented or the ability to see process oriented goal setting and all of that um mm -hmm. but then you have you know the this other part of your career that's been in photography and speaking and writing mm. um so what a cool way to bring it all together. Oh, it's a joy. It really is. Awesome. Well, Karen, thank you so much for being here with us. Um, in the show notes for this episode at themomhour.com, we will link to everything. I'd love to mm. show a picture of your current home um, sure. <laughs> and maybe any any other places where you've talked about Harvey or any of this. So basically, we'll, we'll link it all up. We will Sounds great. We will yeah. link up everything. The podcast is called Make Light. Season four is happening now. Yep. Um, I, I was getting caught up on the first few episodes of season four and I'm loving it. So Thanks. thank you so much for being here and it's everybody an listening, go find Karen. Um, tell, tell us the best place to find you online, just the simplest. I mean, the simplest is KarenWaldrinza.com. Okay. Um, my site is called Chickalunks, which is an impossible thing to remember how to do it. But um, <laughs> if you just put my name, KarenWaldrinza.com, you'll get there. And I just want to say before we signed off that yeah. obviously you and Megan have been such an inspiration for me in podcasting and um how to put good out there um oh. so uh thank you guys for of all course. the amazing help that we're, you've given me along the way we're so glad to have just been a tiny piece of you know getting <laughs> your getting your voice out there and i'm excited now to bring it to our listeners so uh, thanks to karen and thanks everybody for listening
Guess what, Megan? Over 10,000 teens are already using our sponsor, Erica, to help them unplug. That is amazing. Erica, that's Erica with a K, is the social media health app for teens that gives them the tools to unplug whenever they need to for improved health, study focus, sleep, and daily balance. It's so cool how this works to hide distracting apps from your phone at the touch of a button, keeping them out of sight and out of mind without deleting your data. Yeah, you know, teens really get that social media comes with risks, including addiction, and Erica helps them build healthy habits and self-regulation that will benefit them their whole lives. Tell your teens about Erica and save 20% on the Erica family plan with promo code THEMOMHOUR. Go to erica.app and search for plans. That's Erica with a K, E-R-I-K-A dot A-P-P and use code THEMOMHOUR to save 20%. The Mom Hour is brought to you by partners like Chatbooks. Chatbooks makes it beyond easy to create beautiful photo books by importing your digital photos from anywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Google Photos, or directly from your phone. The books come in a variety of sizes with beautiful cover options and binding styles to choose from, and they start at just $15. Plus, we have a great deal just for our listeners. Use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20% off your purchase. Just download the Chatbooks app and use code THEMOMHOUR20 to save 20%. 